Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. And so Exodus 19 and 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying... Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpets sound long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people And they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. And so Moses tells the people about God's desire for them. And they all agreed with it. They said, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, They'd promised to obey him strictly. And so in anticipation of the covenant, they had to separate themselves from impurity and consecrate themselves to God. This was a three-day purification ritual that included them washing their clothes and not having any sexual relations, which is why Moses said in verse 15, be ready for the third day and do not come near your wives. Clean up. Even wash your clothes. Three days. You got to get ready. God's about to come down. We need to clean up and be ready to see him because he said so. This is pretty serious stuff here. Don't touch the mountain. We'll shoot you. Would God order that? If that guy touches that mountain, shoot him. That doesn't sound like the American God that we have here. God would never do that. Yes, he would. Says it right here. He's taking this very serious. Now, as harsh as this looks, I know people are thinking, man, this just doesn't sound right. Wait a minute. As harsh as this looks, we have to remember that we are the ones that are sinful. We're the ones that sinned. We're the ones that made this harsh. God is not going to get together with this kind of sinful stuff. That's why he's keeping everybody back. Anybody tries running up to me, he's got to go. We're the ones that sinned, not God. God is not sinful. We are. And so there was so much careful preparation that had to be done before the significance of this great event. You've got to think God's about to come down. You ever seen God come down? No. He's about to here. The God of all creation was about to make a covenant with his people. And so now the pagan gods of that day, the supposed pagan gods, it was supposed of the pagan gods that they dwelled way up in the mountains. They were way, way up there. They're too high. They're out of reach. 
we can't gain access to them. They're, they're too far away. The best I can do is to work as hard as I can and just hope these pagan gods will accept me. Our God came down to us. Isn't that cool? That's our God. He says, I know that you've sinned. I know that you're lost. I know that you messed up and you can't do anything about it. I'll come down to you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. God come down to his people because in their sin, even though they had cleaned their garments outwardly, inwardly they were too sinful to go touch the mountain of God. God is holy. He is pure. And this is why it was so serious that no one touched this mountain where his presence was going to be. It's the same thing as the Ark of the Covenant. Nobody could touch that. If you're having a party and you had a nice clean floor and I showed up with mud up to my neck and I said, I'm here for the party, I'm coming in, you'd stop me. And it's not because you hate me. It's not because you don't love me. It's because, hey, my house is clean. You can't come in like that. You got to stay out (laughs) or clean up. (laughs) Clean up, I'll let you in. So God came down to come down and talk to the people. And praise God that there was another time that he came down to us again. I want to show you where he came down to us again. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God didn't love us so much that he gave us the opportunity to try to jump up to reach him. All right, I give you permission. Try to jump up and reach me. Well, I can't. Oh, well, too bad for you. You messed up. Bye. He didn't do that. He came to us as Jesus Christ. He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, come down from heaven. You see, our God of Israel is not, like the, is not like the false pagan gods who supposedly sat way up high and made their people work aggressively to try to get up to them. He came to us. The one true God came down to us. John three seventeen. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see, God sent His Son, Jesus, down to us, down here. Jesus' name means God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Aren't you glad He came here to us? You'd have no chance. You'd have no hope. You'd be nothing. You'd be gone. If He didn't, you could never be saved. Friends, this is an indescribable act of love here that our holy God, our pure God, would come down from where He was in heaven, that He would come down to Israel in order to make connection with a sinful people. Don't get so hung up on the fact that he said, if somebody crosses up this mountain, shoot him. Wait a minute. He's dirty. Stay back. Take into account that God is so loving that he's willing to come down to us. That's the point here. And so I love it how he was willing to make connection with a sinful people. I love how the Lord says in verse 13, when the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. In the Old Testament, when you see trumpet, that's a shofar. In those days, they would blow horns to announce a king. They would also blow horns, shofars, to announce war. You can even read in 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings 1, they blew the horn, the shofar, and said, Long live King Solomon. And so there's a lot with the shofar. But he said, you're going to hear horns. And it wasn't going to be on anybody on earth blowing it. Somebody up there was going to be blowing it. How cool is that? Let me show you. Exodus nineteen sixteen. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. 
And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when, the tr- and when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. I was trying to get a visual on this, what it must have looked like. Thunder, smoke, lightning, fire, the mountain shaking, and Moses goes up again. The big event here at Mount Sinai was the fulfillment of the Exodus. This is a big deal to them. God had first appeared to Moses in a burning bush right here at the same place on Mount Sinai several months prior to this. I want to show you that and remind you of it. Exodus 3.12. He says, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Well, here they are. And so from the moment that Moses told the people of Israel about their redemption, the people of Israel waited very eagerly for this moment. Now it's here. This moment here at Mount Sinai is about to happen. Moses had told them more than, more than just we're getting out of slavery. It wasn't, oh, we're, we're, we're getting out of slavery and after that it's whatever we want to do. It's no. We're getting out of slavery. You're getting out of Egypt. You're getting out from under Pharaoh. We're going to go out in the desert. We're going to serve the Lord God at Mount Sinai. And then he's going to take us to the promised land. And it's like, whoa, we're going to meet God at Mount Sinai? Cool. We're going to go serve him. And here it comes. So from the day that they left Egypt, the people of Israel, they were just counting the days to the morning when they would get to serve God on Mount Sinai. This is a big deal. What a day. And it's finally here. God isn't just going to meet with Moses. He's going to meet the entire nation of Israel coming down to them. And this time, it's not just a bush that's on fire. It's going to be the whole mountain. <laughs> this is big. And it was covered in smoke, and the mountain shook. And so when I, when I try to immerse myself in this story here, I try to imagine the sound of that shofar. We heard the shofar here, but it was getting louder and louder. They could, I think I hear a shofar. Yeah, I hear it too. And then suddenly everybody hears it, but it gets louder, and it gets louder. It's like... He's coming. He's actually coming. That horn's getting louder all the time. (laughs) And it would be exciting, but then it got scary because it said the people shook, they trembled because it got so loud. This horn was getting louder progressively as he started to come. God, can you imagine this? Hearing this and seeing this mountain and all this stuff going on. I mean, it must have been awesome. Like I said, we think of the waters being parted as the big event in the the Bible. But quite frankly, I think this here was more fascinating to see. Smoke, thunder, shaking. It was covering the view of God, but a distant horn gradually increasing its loudness until it became so loud that the people shook. How awesome is our God. And so now the long-awaited moment, the shaking and loudness. God Himself comes down in fire in a display of power and majesty. Exodus 19 and 21. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, away. 
get down and then come up. You and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. So only Moses and Aaron were allowed to be on the mountain. And the priests and the people were to stand before the mountain. That's why the bounds were made. Don't go past this point. Stay, stay past that where they couldn't walk past. If their curiosity got the better of them to try to see the Lord, the mere sight of him would kill them. That's what it says. The mere sight of God would kill you where you stood. In fact, when you read John 1.18, it says that no one has seen God at any time. No one has seen Him, but only Jesus, the begotten Son, has declared Him. And I want to show you in Exodus 33.20. He says, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. God's power is so great that if we saw Him, it would kill us. He's so powerful. We're just not made to be able to withstand it. That's how powerful He is. And so God, He doesn't want the people to be killed because of their curiosity to come see Him, right? Apparently, some of them were having thoughts about climbing up to see Him, and God knew this. He thought, hey, some people want to come up here. So He told Moses, get down and tell them to get back. We have to remember, we're sinners like the Israelites. Our very makeup of ourselves got ruined at the fall of Adam. And so, because of this, the sin that Adam and Eve had, they hid from God. And so part of the consequences of their sin was expulsion from the garden. And so suddenly humanity and God no longer had a closeness together. If you remember in the Bible back in uh, Genesis, God used to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. They used to walk together. God would come down and be with Adam. They'd be hanging out. But then he sinned and there's no more of that. It was over from that point. Now there was separation. And this separation is going on again when God comes down on the mountain. Keep everybody back. Thunder, lightning. Fire, dark cloud, looks scary, drew a bound, stay behind that because you're sinful. I'm not going to be in the same proximity with you with your sin. That's what's happening here. And so here in Exodus 19, God was coming to Sinai to meet with all of Israel. Now there's a big moment, big moment here to move back towards reversing the consequences of sin. That separation, God is starting to work to changing this. God is presenting Himself to a people, specifically the people of Israel. Now remember, Exodus 19, 4-6, that God said He has brought this people to Himself for a treasured possession, to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so now that He is presenting Himself to Israel, God is beginning to show His presence among the Israelite people, that He intends to become present before all of humanity. Hey, we need to be really glad that God did this because that was the first step in getting back close with us. The Lord God of Israel is showing mankind that He is coming to redeem us and dwell with all of humanity through the nation of Israel. Through Israel. If you remember, Jesus, He was talking to that woman at the well in John 4.21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Or in another context, it is salvation is from the Jews. And I like how Paul states it to back this up in Romans eleven twenty six. He says, The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Salvation comes from Israel. Salvation comes from Israel. In two different places, I showed you where Jesus said in one place, 
Paul said in another. You see, God once walked with mankind in the cool of the day, but now because of sin, there's been a big divide that has been put between us and God. Separation between us and God. And so God is looking to restore His lost walking partner. God wants His walking buddy back. He wants to walk with us again. And to do that, He had to start making an appearance before the nation of Israel because He was going to work through them. And so that's why He came down. That's why Jesus came down. God with us. Get His walking partner back. And so God came down to the nation of Israel. But beyond that, to get even closer than that, that's why He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who has a name that means something. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. It doesn't mean God far away or way up there. It means God with us, with us. God's desiring this relationship here. Jesus' very name means God with us. And also being with us. That's why God ripped the veil when Jesus died. Right when Jesus died, He ripped the veil. That veil showed the separation. God says, hey, guess what? There's no more separation. He ripped it right in half to show us all there is now direct access. There's no longer separation. And with our becoming saved, we're also indwelled. I like that. I'm glad Ephesians talks about that. We're indwelled. That means our most inner part, our inner man, your spirit, God's spirit and the Holy Spirit dwell together like cream and coffee. They're together, never to be separate again, right? You don't get much closer than that. Israel got to see God come down on the mountain and how cool that was. But something better, we get the indwelling Holy Spirit. We're not looking at Him on a mountain going, whoa, but stay away. We get Him in our inner man, indwelled when you become saved. And God here in Exodus 19, He's just showing, starting to demonstrate, I want to come back and get my walking buddy back through the Jewish people. And that's why He came down on that mountain, right? You can't get any closer than indwelling. All of this separation here that we're seeing in Exodus 19, it was gotten rid of through Jesus Christ. Before you can come to Jesus, you first have to do a similar thing to like what these Israelites did. You have to make the decision that you need to clean up. They consecrated themselves before God, before God came down. And consecrate means to declare something is sacred. It means to change something. It means to devote. It means to make something your focus of of honor. To consecrate. God's coming down. I have to change something. I got to wash my clothes. I got to clean up a little bit. I got to devote. I have to, he's going to be my focal point. And before you can truly accept Jesus as your Lord to be saved, you must do what is called repentance. You must realize that you've sinned. And for Jesus to make you clean, you first have to repent. And that requires change. If you're going to consider the things of God sacred, and devote yourself to Him and make Jesus the focus of your honor. You will have to change. And I came to a point on September 11, 2001, when I thought I was saved, but wasn't. I thought I was saved just because I called myself a Christian, just because I held God with somewhat of a respect. That's not being saved. God has to know you. He has to indwell you. It's not you knowing Him. It's God knowing you. I could go to the White House and say, I'm here to see the President. I know the President. If the president walked in, I would know it was him. 
But I can't go to the White House and say I'm here to see the president because he doesn't know me. Oh, but I know him. Sorry, he doesn't know you. So God has to know you. And to have that, you have to repent of your sins. You can't do the same old stuff you've always done. You have to decide, I am now going to consecrate. I'm going to devote myself to service to God. I'm going to hold him in top priority and honor and love and service. I'm his. I submit. He's my everything. He is all. Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel. He said, repent first, because it is a prerequisite. So yes, God did come down to us at Jesus Christ, God with us, and he died on the cross for our sins. But to truly accept him, you have to repent of your old life. Father God, thank you for so much for what you've done in, this, in the word here in Exodus 19. Lord, that you, you were demonstrating that through the Jewish people, you wish to have relationship with mankind again. Lord, you, you created us to love us. You created us to do great things and show us your love and, and, and so that we could experience you. Lord, so many things. But Lord God, we left. We're the ones that walked off and we got lost. And we were lost in our sin. We were dead in our trespasses. But Lord God, you came down to us as Jesus Christ and you demonstrated this, that through the Jewish people, that you desired to have relationship. And so Lord, we're thankful that you came down upon this mountain And you demonstrated the seriousness of our sin by saying, stay off this mountain. Do not come up here. Lord, we have to realize in America that our sin is bad, that our sin is truly wrong, and that the people that are out there saying sin's no longer really sin anymore, we are not to listen to that. Lord, we understand and help us to understand if we have trouble with it, that sin is indeed deadly. It is deadly. It will kill us. And so, Lord, we... We want to repent tonight. Even if we're saved, those who are not saved, you need to repent to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But Lord, even those of us who have been saved, maybe we got off into some wrong kind of way, we need to repent too. And we need to walk in such a way that demonstrates repentance, that demonstrates fruit. Help us, Lord God, to do that. Teach us how to repent. We can't do it alone without you showing us. Lord, I ask you, show us what we need to repent of. Lord, I ask... Anyone on KKHT listening to this or anyone in this church that has struggled with any kind of resentment or hatred to the Jews, or maybe they didn't care either way about the Jews at all, but maybe through this now they realize, man, I've got to love the Jewish people because it all comes through them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all these things that you have given us and offered us. Thank you, Lord God, that you came down to a people that would have never been able to reach you. We were absolutely helpless. And you came down to us. Thank you, Lord God, for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.